listeners, my name is Alex, aka Super Symbiote, as that's like all of my social media named, and I'm from Super Simple Podcast, and welcome to my very first podcast. I'm actually super excited to finally be uploading content and stuff like this, because even if nobody decides to watch it or give it a second glance, I'm really just more motivated to do this stuff for me, honestly, because it's something that I've always wanted to do, but just never had the courage to push myself to do it, and now, finally, I am. But anyway, this will be the first of what I hope to be weekly podcasts in which I will either review a movie or a video game or just kind of start a general discussion about things or maybe like review the news for the week. I don't know. I'm, I'm still piecing it together. Uh, I am currently working on getting a camera and other types of things I would need to start recording videos instead of podcasts and eventually be uploading to YouTube as well, but for right now I only have the microphone set up so I've decided to do just a couple podcasts to start myself off. Um, But getting into the action of today, we're actually going to do a horror film review and I want to talk a little bit about a movie that's been out for a couple years but I just recently watched it for the first time and I don't know man, I I think we need to jump into this one head first. So uh, first off, let me start by telling a little story. So, back in 2007, when the original movie came out in theaters, I was probably in, like, middle school, and I told my parents that I was going to go see the first Iron Man, which little did I know, ten years later, would branch, like, one of the greatest movie franchises there is, and, like, I don't know, I think Endgame was a little too hyped up, and, like, Infinity War was, like, perfect, but that that's a whole nother podcast in itself (laughs) but I went to the theaters with a buddy of mine who thought it would be awesome to sneak into an R-rated movie and it just so happened that The Strangers was out and playing like directly across the hall from us so we decided to sit in Iron Man for about like five minutes and then run across the hall to The Strangers and kind of just blend in with the adults which was a terrible idea because the movie scared the shit out of me and I was terrified to go outside by myself for months at dark time and it was just traumatizing for me. I didn't even like look out the window the same for a while. But with like all of that being said, this movie was not that, nor did it come close. And it's not even really the fact that I was young when I saw the first one, because still to this day I watch it and I still get creeped out, and the fear factor builds throughout the movie, and I don't know, I just didn't feel that same hype and anticipation I felt from this one as I did with the first one. So, to explain a little bit of backstory about it, the movie follows a family of four who are low on money because they have to send their daughter to private school, I think is like the only reason they give out, 
and they have to like move into a trailer park where their aunt and uncle also happens to live and little do they know that the strangers are also hiding in this trailer park and they're squatting in one of the surrounding trailers that just happens to be the exact same one the family moves into and you would think if you saw the first one and was a fan that the strangers are hiding out in this trailer park after the events of the first movie but that is not only not implied at all but this movie takes place 10 years after the first one, which I think makes this more of like a spiritual successor than a sequel, which if you look at it from that standpoint, fine, but this could have easily been a completely different movie and not have had anything to do with The Strangers, and I honestly think it probably would have helped it a lot more. And one of the issues I had was there are certain things about the killers in the first movie that this one just seems to forget happened. Like, mainly the intense wheezing of a Baghead Man in The Strangers that seemed to just get worse and worse as the events of the first one progress. But in this one, I don't think I heard it at all, and like, if he did... I I guess to me it just didn't seem like a wheeze or a gasp, which kind of creeped me out about his character in the first one. It, it was a good creepy element to add to ramp up some fear, and I just really liked the idea of them not showing their face at all in the first one because it made it more mysterious as it was never really explained why they were doing it other than Dollface saying, you know, because you were home. Which, in part two, they changed to, like, a snarky giggle, and because why not, which, it just wasn't the same, it, like, butchered the line for me, and I don't know, maybe I, I'm just, like, nitpicking, but, like, the fact that no one is sketched out by a random, like, pounding on their door in the middle of the night is absolutely beyond me. Like, don't get up and cut on lights and start making noise and yelling, Who's there? Who's there? Like, no. Grab you a weapon, lock your bedroom door, pretend you're not home. I mean, if you have a gun, even better, you know? Like, <laughs> worst case scenario, fire a warning shot through your own door. Let them know this is, this is real shit. <laughs> But also the fact that, like, there's a part where Pinup Girl also speaks in this movie, which tripped me out because I feel like her complete silence in the first one is what made her the scariest, in my opinion, because there were so many shots where she just kind of, like, bled out of the darkness and would just stand there and you would notice her and then she would disappear. And there was no music playing, there was no line of dialogue said, it just kind of happened. And that made her really, really creepy in the first one. But like, moving on from the killers, uh, let's just take a second to focus on the main cast of this movie, which... Eh. First off, there's Mike the Dad, who is played by Martin Henderson, and he's basically just your run-of-the-mill family man. Uh, and then there's Cindy, who is the mom, and she's played by Christina Hendricks, and she's not terrible in her role, but they just really overcharge the whole understanding mom aspect, and 
it's I don't know it just comes off as kind of fake to me but that's just like a personal thing uh, but then there's the brother Luke who's played by Lewis Pullman who surprisingly was the only one in the movie that I really really liked and admired because his character arc is pretty satisfying from start to finish because he goes from like bully older brother to an understanding brother to like a guardian figure to literally almost spoiler alert dying and, and you know giving his life to try to stop these people where they stand so that they no longer can hurt him or his sister and speaking of his sister her name is Kinsey and she's played by Bailey Madison and so many articles on the internet just referred to her as the final girl and just no I, I, I don't think she fits any quality of what is considered a real horror movie final girl and she's just really bad in terms of acting and presentation <laughs> like uh, uh, so like let me explain so like right off the bat I was confused by her character a little because in the movie she is said to be like 16 but her actor looks like 10 years old to me and she just does not pull off like almost being adult except for the fact that she's tall I guess and I actually had to Google her character age because there is a part close to the beginning when the family is on the road and they stop to grab a bite to eat and it just cuts to the family in the restaurant and they are talking about how Kenzie is outside refusing to eat as like punishment for them having to move but like fine who gives a shit like if she doesn't want to eat then that's more on her and not you but I guess I'm not a parent so I don't know what I'm talking about but the mom goes outside to talk to her and she's standing by the car like fake smoking a cigarette and I say fake smoking because it's clear that not only has her actor never smoked a cigarette in her life but her character doesn't actually smoke she's just trying to fit this like edgy cool persona that they built up for her and there's even a point in the movie where her brother's like you know you're supposed to inhale those things and she gets like offended by it or something and it's like but he's right like you're just doing it to be cool because you want to make a statement and i don't know I guess I was never really that kid, like, I, I started smoking cigarettes because everybody around me did, and the peer pressure just kind of, like, broke me, I guess, but, like, she, she just holds it weird, and she hits it weird, and the whole thing just looks really strange, but, like, at one point, the mom grabs it from her and just takes a drag off of it as well, which, like, absolutely not. At 16 years old, like, my mom would not have allowed me to first off just stand there and, like, spite smoke a cigarette in front of her as, like, punishment somehow. Like, nor would she take it and help me smoke it and make the comment, like, you're not even trying to hide it now. Like, that just doesn't seem realistic to me. <clears throat> Which I'm sure some people are like that, and... Like, that's fine, but I just, I don't understand. Like, you can call out the her body, her choice type shit, but, like, if she was outside cranking a bottle of Sailor Jerry's, it would be an entirely different argument. 
but they eventually get to the place that you're heading and the dad's trying to interact with Kenzie which just leads to her storming off because she is just like so effing fed up with this family like she doesn't say that or like anything remotely close to it but you totally get those vibes from her throughout like 45% of this movie so she like runs off into a random trailer park on her own and instead of going to her aunt and uncles she just kind of wanders around by herself at night in an unfamiliar area which just cannot be safe but the mom and dad send uh, Luke the brother after her and like I said he plays his role pretty well and in this scene he comes off as like caring but also snarky which is like a realistic older brother or older sibling uh, vibe to have and like i said he spits facts about the cigarettes and it like offends her and she runs off from him because i'm assuming the director told her to just literally be the most edgiest 16 year old possible and just be full of angst and anger and hatred toward love and her family. But all of this leads to them finding the dead aunt and uncle, which, again, their death opens the movie, and it's the classic, like, knock on the door, is Tamara home, and then they come in and kill him. But the kids wander into the house because the door is just wide open, which I don't, it came off to me personally as like they didn't know that this was their relative's home, which I guess could be explained as they have never been there before, but the film plays it as like they are somewhat familiar with these people, so I, I just don't know how to wrap around that one. But the kids turn and haul ass out of the trailer after finding the bodies and they run off and bump into the parents who also decided to go looking and just happened to follow the same path behind a bunch of trees that they did. Which leads to them all heading back to the trailer and eventually splitting up again because this simply would not be a lengthy horror film if they didn't constantly split up and make stupid decisions. But Dollface comes back as she previously had earlier in the movie and she knocks on the door asking if Tamara was home. And I actually have a theory that Tamara is Dollface's real name and she has like split personality but there isn't much evidence to support that. It's just like a personal theory I have. But she eventually gets in the home and she kills the mom and Kinsey for the rest of the movie blames herself for this which there is no way in hell she was going to pull her mom through basically a sunroof in the trailer bathroom like I don't care what your argument is she just physically could not <clears throat> pull that off but like I said Dollface kills the mom and allows Kinsey to run and she eventually runs into her dad and Luke and they were uh, headed to the aunt and uncle's trailer in the van to investigate the crime scene when they encountered the baghead man which leads to the dad crashing the car and getting speared through the gut. He like immediately tries to remove the beam which holy shit is like the thuggest reaction to have at that point because I would probably just scream and cry. But of course it doesn't work and Luke decides to run off for help and when he does Bagman just kind of gets in the passenger seat and stabs the dad in the throat with like a screwdriver or something and it like kills him immediately. 
But all of these shenanigans lead to a game of cat and mouse, which somewhat ends when Luke kills Pinup Girl with her own knife after, like, Lou garriging the bitch across the face with a golf club, which the shot is actually really cool, by the way. It was, like, my favorite shot in the entire movie. But then he then has to face uh, Baghead, who attacks him with the signature axe. And Luke appears to get the upper hand by, like, pulling Baghead into the pool, still clutching the knife. But still ends up fumbling the shit harder than a Falcons quarterback and loses the knife and just tries to, like, dip out. And is stabbed and pretty, pretty, pretty good back gutted, honestly, by Baghead and then just left for dead. Uh, Kenzie saves him and somehow he survives after like leaking everything he has throughout this pool and then she like leaves him as well to go look for help which he should know by experience is just a terrible idea but eventually a cop finds her in the road and stops to help which as you can imagine immediately results in his death because the most useless damn thing in a horror movie is a badge and like Halloween Texas Chainsaw you can literally make an entire podcast about why police are useless in horror movies but somehow Dollface like still doesn't manage to kill Kenzie in this scene even though she has a knife the keys to the car and to the gun rack in the car and basically has Kenzie pinned against the passenger seat and eventually gives her enough time to like knee her in the face and take the keys and just blow a huge asshole through Dollface with this shotgun and that's when you get the like shitty rehashed line that made me upset but like just as she is about to drive to safety in the cops patrol car Baghead rams the back of the car with this somewhat invincible ass truck that he's had for 10 years which, if he constantly drives like this, I don't know how in the hell it managed to survive this long. But he continues ramming it from different angles until he launches Kenzie from the driver's seat. And again, a side note, that just doesn't seem realistic to me. Like, I've seen videos of really bad car crashes, and I've even been close to, like, a T-bone situation in my car crash. And I had just never seen a person get hit so hard that their body flies through a metal latch door. But I, I don't know. that. I guess I just have to like look for that stuff for it to be proven. But all of this causes Baghead's truck to become entwined with the other and just start leaking fluids everywhere. And Kenzie blows it up with her Zippo that she uses to pretend smoke cigarettes. And like some fucking how Baghead is still alive and driving said truck Ghost Rider style, which we literally just saw explode. And he manages to get pretty far before stopping the truck, which is still on fire. And he gets out and approaches Kenzie with an axe and it goes completely nowhere because he then just like drops dead after pulling a shard of glass from his gut and like so the breathing issues from the first one, multiple car crashes, almost drowning and being blown up didn't stop this dude, but glass to the gut and it's, it's game over. The devil can't help you now. But like, yay, Kenzie survived and somehow Luke managed to as well. 
So the movie ends with Kenzie and Luke in the hospital and Kenzie is hearing the exact same song that was used to scare her earlier in the film by Dollface being played presumably on the same Jack in the Box. And there's a loud bang at the hospital door which alludes to the fact that one of the killers isn't dead. Which is just complete horseshit. Like, I'm wondering if it was the pinup girl who was stabbed like 10 times in the chest, like Michael Myers esque looking kitchen knife to the heart, or like Dollface who was shot twice at point blank range with a pump action shotgun, or again Baghead who was in multiple car collisions and explosion and had a shard of glass jammed into his gut. Not to mention, like, basically waterboarding himself, fighting Luke in the pool for, like, ten minutes. But, like, how in the nine levels of hell are any one of these people still alive? This ending just does not make any sense to me. <laughs> but I decided to watch the alternate ending because I was naturally thinking, like, watch this be better than the actual ending, and holy shit, I was wrong. The alternate ending basically alludes to one of them being ghosts, I think, because the same things play out the same way, but the door flings open and all the lights slowly start to cut off one by one in the hospital a la Ben Affleck style. Uh, that was a Batman reference, by the way. Um, before leaving the hospital completely dark, and then Kenzie screams. Uh, it could easily be explained as like a nightmare, but that setup is just nowhere to be seen here, and I'm honestly glad this ending was cut from the film. I also wanted to point out that whenever Kenzie does escape, she hops into the back of a pickup truck at the end and fends off Baghead before hitting him in the face with a baseball bat. And uh, to me, it looked like she broke dude's neck. It was, it was gnarly. But then she proceeds to sit in the back of the truck and scream at the camera. Well, not at the camera, but like as the camera closes in. Which just seemed a little too close to the ending of the OG Texas Chainsaw. Which I, I, I get like alluding to a great movie in the genre. But when movies do this, to me, it just kind of comes off as like, hey, remember this great movie? Wasn't it such an iconic movie and this such a great shot? And doesn't it work so well here as well? And it's like, yeah, you're right. These moments were great, especially in that movie. But Sally just had to go through way more bullshit, in my opinion, than Kenzie did. And there's a couple shots in The Conjuring 3 that are, like, replicants of, like, um, Exorcist and The Shining. But they work there and just don't seem forced. But that's just my personal opinion. So, all in all, what is my opinion on this movie? If you couldn't tell already, I'm definitely not a fan. There are plenty of cheap, shitty-looking horror movies. One that I'm gonna get into next week that actually is not shitty is one of my favorite movies of all time but these movies outshine this one which could be said about a lot of things that are made nowadays but if you watch the first one and come off of that high and then immediately watch this one it's just two completely different movies 
like the again the first one did really well at staying mysterious and building fear without overdoing anything and just forcing jump scares the whole time and wrapping back around to the like fade in shots where the killers would just kind of come in in the background and then disappear like that was iconic it was so scary to see for the first time and I don't know this movie doesn't have anything original like that going for it I, I, I just I feel like I'm just like ripping this movie apart but honestly it like kind of it deserves it in my opinion and again in the first one it's just everything is built beautifully and there's a part even where Baghead like plays a song back on the piano to Liv Tyler that she played earlier in the movie even though we the audience was sure she was completely alone and like in the sequel dude drives around bumping fucking Tiffany and all these other 80s pop songs that just turned him from a stone cold killer to like a silly dude with a mask on that's that happens to kill people uh, like I, I don't know maybe I nitpicked way too much about this movie and honestly I again just was not a fan apparently there are no plans to make a third film and it was confirmed to me by Google that they actually did allude to Baghead Man as still being alive which just no way like, this was cut from the movie because they felt as though it stretched the credibility of the characters, like, absolutely. So, like, thank God for that one rational decision. And, like, originally Liv Tyler was set to reprise her role from the first movie, but they basically waited too long, and by the time production started, it just was, like, impossible, nor was it the same movie she had signed on for, like, ten years prior. But that were my thoughts. Uh, that that were that was my thoughts on the strangers pray at night. Which actually, the title of the movie is great and like the coolest thing about it. <laughs> but uh, if you did like this podcast, uh, be sure to become a Patreon. As like right now, everything is free because I have no uh, nothing worth doing for paid content. And I, I might not ever do paid content, I'm not sure. But I would also love to know people's actual opinions on this movie. So, like, if you can, somehow let me know your opinions on this. Because I would really kind of like to debate with people who really like this movie. Um, if you did like this podcast and you hope to hear more from me and eventually see more from me, uh, like I said, please become a Patreon because I plan on posting podcasts like once a week as well as hopefully going into game streams and eventually a live D&D campaign with a bunch of my friends, which is going to be just super fun. So I hope everybody sticks around with me long enough to see all of this stuff happen. And as you will soon all know, I have been Alex, a.k.a. Super Symbiote. Again, that's most of my social media handles if you want to follow me. Um, but I'm from Super Simple Podcast, and I thank you all for listening to this one. Until next time, bye-bye.